Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. G Suite by Google Cloud is a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that includes Gmail, Docs, Slides, Sheets, and Drive. You can make real-time updates to the same document without having to keep track of multiple versions. And since all the tools are cloud-based, your whole team can access the same document and work on the same page at the same time. Make it with G Suite by Google Cloud. To find out more, visit gsuite.com. <laughs> What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Me, your man, MG, Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, and our own Fantasy Managing Editor, Graham Barfield. I need a, I need a cool, hip intro for you. We have to come up with something. Yeah. It'll, it'll come to us. It has to right. come organic. No, it's got to be natural. Naturally, it can't right. be forced. No, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll work something out. It'll get there. It'll get there. Uh, happy, I was going to say happy week nine, but week nine is pretty much over now, right? Yeah, Double man. Minutes. Yeah, and uh, week 10 has already got a little bit of drama. Marcus. Yeah, we'll get to that. We could have a little bit of drama we'll, coming in week 10. We'll get to that. In Most of us don't want it. In just a second. But first, I want to go back behind the glass as always. Talk to our man, Sir Edward L. Murphy, Esquire. Murph, what's up? Uh, th- th- this point of the season is the thing I noticed. The East Coast games, even the one o'clock ones, and we don't get this in L.A., but it's like midway through the game, it starts getting super dark. In those games, <laughs> and now you know it's like this is yeah, this, is when, this is when it becomes football weather for everywhere but Los Angeles. Right. Well, I mean, football weather for us is like, you know, well, it's like every other day. It's like yeah, 75. It's, it's like 75 <laughs> and sunny. Very sunny. <laughs> the, we checked the weather to see if it's going to be 75 or 80. That's that's basically Pretty it. much. I mean, I'll say this. Early in the season, um, and I guess it's like this in a lot of parts of the country, but it's like brutally hot out here. Oh, like, yeah. You know, like, and, and having gone to USC games at the Coliseum, there's always those games, like the first couple games of the season where it's like 100 degrees and there's no shade at the Coliseum. And it's kind of a fairly miserable experience. Oh, yeah. To be honest with you. I mean, the one o'clock games, they're putting the lights on. It's not even over yet. Like, it's crazy. And I forget that, like, I mean, I used to be an East Coast guy, but now we're here. We're just like, I mean, it's just straight sun. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Do other places, by the way, do other places, you guys have to answer this for me, like, when I know, like in Oakland, for instance, uh, when the Raider games are almost ending, like the Seagulls there have figured out when Raider games end generally. So they start to kind of gather and they like hang out on top of the stadium or on the lights, just like waiting for the games to be over. I don't know if that's like an everywhere thing where the birds have sort of figured it out or if it's just like a thing in Oakland or what. I, I remember uh, in the old old Giant Stadium back in the Meadowlands, I mean, just a ton of Seagulls everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, hanging out like the outs. They had like the spirals to walk up. Right. Uh, they would hang out over there. Yeah. In the top deck, they'd okay. hang out parking lot. Definitely. Yeah. 
It's just obviously the birds have figured out like you know when there's going to be like Smart scraps birds, left. Man. Right. Yeah. Go pick out some popcorn. You know, some some hot whatever dogs. hot dogs are left <laughs> over. Whatever. Like hey, genius. Yeah. Props to them. Absolutely. Um. Got a lot to talk about. It's a huge waiver wire day. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, not not a ton of news. We'll get to some in just a second. But uh, you know, got nine questions after week nine. Things that happened this past week uh, that we can like kind of talk about, just kick around a little bit and figure out what we know going forward as we get closer to the start of the fantasy playoffs. Of course, uh, we'll always get some of your tweets too. You guys can complain about the things that went sideways for you in Monday morning. But first, let's do some news. <laughs> The news. First big piece of news, A.J. Green. We're not sure if we will see him again this year. There was talk earlier in the week that he might have to have surgery on his uh, on his foot. Uh, but the good news is he won't have to have surgery. The bad news is Marvin Lewis is very mum about when we will see A.J. Green again. So uh, he's very much up in the air right now. And, Fabs, this is a team that's already lost Gio Bernard. They've yep. lost Tyler Eifert. Uh, they could be losing AJ Green for the season. Uh, I mean, it's I guess it's good news for Tyler Boyd. It's bad news for for Andy Dalton, though. Yeah, well, I guess this is going to potentially end up being even more of a Joe Mixon offense because they have to hide the deficiencies that they have in the passing game. Yeah, I mean, John Ross is hurt too. I mean, so this guy's no locks coming. You're Water looking at, is wet. You're looking at I know, you're looking at what like Josh Malone. As your as your number two wide receiver, me maybe our, our pal CJ Uzama could be more involved in the pass attack. But Graham, I would ask you this: Dalton's got a great matchup this week against the Saints. Great matchup on paper. But how much does the loss of AJ Green affect your faith in him as a fantasy streamer? Yeah, I mean, over the last basically over the course of uh, his career, Andy Dalton has averaged like 1.6 passing touchdowns per game. When AJ Green's in the lineup, that falls all the way down to one passing score per game. When AJ Green good. is out, um, opens up 26% of the team's targets. I guess it's a boost for Tyler Boyd, who I expect to remain in the slot. In 2016, when AJ Green missed, uh, I believe it was six games with an injury, Tyler Boyd actually remained in the slot in 87% of his roots. So it'll be interesting to see what the Bengals decide to do with Boyd's usage. Do they keep him in the interior? Do they move him to the outside? Uh, I fully expect if John Ross, let's keep our fingers crossed, John Ross stays healthy. And uh, I, I think if Ross stays healthy, Boyd will remain on the interior with Malone and Ross on the outside. But right. Yeah, and that's where you want him. As a whole, this isn't great for it's, the Bengals offense. It's not. No, this one hurts. I mean, he, he's one of – and it hurts fantasy teams too. I have one share of A.J. Green, so now I'm going to be scrambling trying to figure out what to do uh, to replace him. But, I mean, this is one of the better wide receivers in the National Football League, and he's dealt with this sort of ailment before. So it, it does have you concerned that we – may have seen the last of him this season. It's one of those things, too, where we always come back to like, okay, Tyler Boyd is going to get more opportunity, but A.J. Green's loss is such a ma yeah. massive yep. thing for this He offense. draws defenses, man. Not he only draws does he, defenders. Not only does he draw coverage to his side, but he's also pretty much their chain mover. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I also wonder what this does for the Bengals' defense, which is already kind of bad this year. Like now, if you have an offense that can't keep possession, that can't move the ball, and suddenly, you know, if they're going three and out, they have a lot of short drives. Now you have a bad defense that's going to be on the field even more. Um, I mean, we, we've sort of been picking on the Bengals defense and attacking them a little bit. We might be able to just, you know, go full on fantasy assault uh, on the Bengals defense at this point. 
okay, so this literally just happened before we started recording this podcast. And I'm sure if you have been on Twitter.com, you have seen it as well. Twitter.com. Le'Veon Bell <laughs> sent out a tweet that just said, farewell Miami with the hand waving emoji. You know, I'm now mind you he misspelled farewell, but we'll leave that alone. <laughs> um did you expect it? So, okay, because apparently now we have entered decipher things from crypt- cryptic athlete tweets season, this means he's going back to Pittsburgh, right? This means uh, that's what this means. Uh, no, just stay away. Stay away. As someone who has James Conner in three leagues, Lev, I can't wait to watch you play football next season. Yeah. But next season, <laughs> next season, I don't want to see it now. And, you know, Marcus and I had a Didi Kikabwala on last week, and there's all kinds of scenarios in, in where, you know, Le'Veon comes back or he's not back and he's still a free agent, whatever the case may be. But, I mean, it's cryptic, but it, it seems to indicate, hey, guys, I'm coming I'm back coming to Pittsburgh. Back. And it's... Bad I'm, news if you have James Conner, is done, it? I'm done predicting what Le'Veon Bell is going to do. <laughs> what he's not going to do. I'm, I'm over it. I, seriously, I give up. I mean, he has until the 14th to report yep. Tuesday. I mean, we'll see. So here's the scenario, though. So Aditi ta- talked to us last week, and, and and she has said what everyone else is thinking and everyone else is tweeting about. I mean, they haven't skipped a beat. They've been better in terms of the backfield without Le'Veon Bell. Now, if Bell comes back... Does he take the starting job right over? Well, think about it. Last year had a much shorter holdout and was really inefficient for the first two games and then started to build back up. And, I mean, we're in week 10. So maybe you, if Bell does come back, you don't get Le'Veon Bell until week 12 or week 13 at his, at his I guess, back to being in football shape. And at that point, he's going to have to contend with James Conner either in a starting role or in a committee situation. So... To me, I mean, I actually think James Conner would have to this contend, one because it's, it's it's Conner's job. I think Conner has to contend with Le'Veon Bell coming I, in either and, way, and eating either into way. some of his opportunities. Either so. way, and, and that's the problem. You know, maybe Le'Veon is utilized a little bit more in the slot. He could utilize him as a wide receiver because the guy is such a talented pass catcher. But boy, this throws an absolute wrench into anyone's hopes and dreams of getting to their fantasy championships if they've been riding James Conner this long. But here's the thing. You, we, I mean, this is always sort of baked into this this situation, right? This was, there, was, there was always the chance that he could come back. And we always talked about week 10 sort of being that, that time when he comes back. This has always been baked in. So yep. in theory, if you've been riding Connor, I mean, I don't know, hopefully you, you, you created an action plan, you had a contingency or something because you always knew that this this could happen to you. If you've been riding Connor, you have gotten the gravy train. I mean, Connor's basically been like 90% of Todd Gurley. He's basically been 100% of Kareem Hunt. Uh, so any, any, if Bell does come back, I mean, you can't really be that upset with, with your James Connor teams, right? He's kind of carried you to this point. Yeah. But the problem is free. It, I mean, no, I get it. But I mean, like if you lose that level of production on a weekly basis, it's true down the stretch and heading into the the potential for your team to be making a run at a, at a, at a fantasy championship, it, it could potentially put a big dent in that hope. True. We, we could leave it as this. The common sense has been thrown out of the books. True. When it comes to Le'Veon Bell's right. situation. Yeah, I mean, dude, like he, he could, he could practice, uh, you know, yeah. I, my ankle, yeah. my hammy. <laughs> I don't know if I can get out there guys. And then he, he's, 
you know, set to be a free agent next season, and James Conner finishes the year as a featured back, which is kind of what a lot of Conner owners, including myself, uh, maybe hopes is the scenario. We'll see. So the other part of this, though, and I'm, I'm, I'm as we're talking, I'm sort of like digging through and looking at this, right? The, the Steelers... About 67% of the time, run 11 personnel, right? They're, they're, they're three wide receivers a lot. And obviously, we know Antonio Brown's going to be there. We know Juju Smith's going to be out there. What's to say that Lev Bell doesn't just become that third wide receiver in that offense? And they, they figure out a way to put both Connor yeah, and I mean, Bell on the possible. field at the same time. I mean, look, and I know that nobody wants to hear this, but we've seen situations where teams can run two running backs at the same time and have them both. Like, and okay, right. James Connor's not going to have bananas numbers if Lev Bell comes back. But we've seen in Atlanta where, you know, for a while it was Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman both succeeding. We've seen in New Orleans where it's been, you know, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram both figuring out how to eat. I mean, what's to say that this can't happen? And yes, that means you probably won't get your you know, 25 to 30 point game out of James Conner, but you can still get, what, 18 to 20, maybe 25 occasionally. I mean, why not? It would be interesting to see what they would do because Juju Smith-Schuster has run like 80% of his routes from the slot this year. I don't know if they would view like Bell as a better slot receiver than Smith-Schuster. That I don't seems know. like a stretch to me. And I don't know if Juju can play the outside is the question. As efficiently as he plays the inside. Certainly not as efficiently. Juju has been incredible out of the slot. Line. And, and you would also have to think, too, if this does come down to a committee situation that when the Steelers get inside that five-yard line, they're going to give the football to James Conner because he has been a more efficient red zone running back than Le'Veon Bell was. The other part of this, and I'm looking at the schedule, the matchups? Aren't great. No, there's some bad ones. Carolina, they're at Jacksonville, they're at Denver, they've got the Chargers. Then there's the Raiders, so that one's going to be good. Uh, you know, the Patriots are so-so. In New Orleans, you're not, you know, I don't know which, which New Orleans teams you're going to get on a week-to-week basis. But I run uh, defense in New Orleans is legit. Is legitimate. They're that legit, is, but they're, they're secondary. Is. Has problems. Yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, again, this is, all, this is all speculation because Lev himself hasn't actually said anything. He just sent out, like I said, a really cryptic tweet. Uh, a really cryptic misspelled tweet. Dude, it, I mean, it's like a soap opera. And uh, it is. so, well, I'm sure I'm sure more will come out about this. In fact, you know, by the time we finish recording this podcast and like grabbing some lunch, there could be a whole new situation. Yeah, I heard your stomach growling. Yeah, up. man, it's, uh, it's rough out here in the mm-hmm. streets. Uh, so there you go. That's pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. All right. Week nine is in the books. So I came up with nine questions to ask after week nine. I know there's still one more game in week nine, but whatever. Um, <laughs> like, so here we go. We're going to go down this list and just kind of get you guys' thoughts on this. We'll just kind of talk it out. Number one, Duke Johnson. Is he a one-week wonder, or is he actually back in our fantasy lives now? Well, I mean, Todd Haley, I mean, what were you doing, dude? I, you know, one game into the into the kitchen's Error, I guess, uh, even though it could be interim. Um, and, and Duke Johnson looks like the dude who we all loved last season, who was seeing a boatload of targets, who was a big part of the Browns offense. Now, I don't know if we're going to see this every single week, but it, it was certainly a situation where you're looking at Duke Johnson's huge increase in production and thinking, well, you know what? All of a sudden, maybe I can flex this guy. Good matchup coming up against Atlanta next week. Yeah, obviously, I think it's two things here. The Chiefs were giving up the most uh, receiving yards to receivers out of the backfield per next-gen stats coming into this week. So obviously a great matchup for Duke there. 
His his usage didn't really change, though. He only played on 57% of the snaps. That's basically what he was averaging, maybe slightly higher than his season average, but obviously the nine targets is, mm-hmm. is what got us home. But the Falcons have let, you know, they've led the league in running back receptions allowed for four straight seasons. So I think we can go back to the well with Duke once again in the Let's face it, the Browns receiver corpse outside of Josh Lane is is not great. They missed that guy, Josh Gordon, that they gave up a fifth-round pick for. Rashard Higgins has been in and out of the lineup. He came back in week nine, and Joku's kind of been in and out in terms of his his involvement over the last three weeks. So, yeah, I mean, they definitely need Duke to to catch some passes for him. So, I mean, is this – is what we saw yesterday, is it more a function of – Freddie Kitchens and wanting to emphasize it, you know, like the running backs coach trying to emphasize another running back, or is this more just a, hey, you know what, uh, Carlos Hyde is gone, so things opened up, so we just want to get him in there. Like, I, I, I mean, what, whatever, whatever the reason is, I'm fine with it. I just want to try to figure out why all of a sudden Duke Johnson just vaulted back into the into I do relevance. Think, I do think it's both. It's both the matchup, and then they they know that they their second receiver outside of Jarvis Lander is kind of up in is, the air. Who is it? Right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I mean, look, also, another thing to think about, too, the Browns offensive line has struggled all year. You know what you do when your offensive line is struggling? You throw can. the ball to the running back. Right. Mm-hmm. Dump it off. Which Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson couldn't figure out together yep. for some reason. <sighs> Which is strange because, you know, Haley was the OC in Pittsburgh for so long, and then what did they do to throw the football to Le'Veon Bell all the time? Well, Haley had a great offensive line. That offensive yep. line in Pittsburgh yep. has been an excellent for mm-hmm. many, many years, and mm-hmm. he actually had to go to Cleveland and coach, and it didn't work out very well. At some point in the, you know, in the future, somebody is going to write kind of a definitive tell-all about this era of Browns football, and I'm, I'm curious to see how much the power struggle between Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley just torpedoed this team for the first, what, eight, nine weeks of the season. Uh, we'll find out. Anyway, uh, number two. So, like, we're cool with Julio Jones and Keenan Allen now, right? Especially Julio. Like, he scored a touchdown. So, we're, we're I, cool dude, now. Like, we, we, can I mean, stop, I, we can stop this madness. I was cool with him before. I mean, I still haven't gotten my touchdown from Keenan Allen, but I'm still cool with him. I mean, I'm riding these guys out week in and week out no matter what. I mean, literally, That's obvious. Somebody, somebody tweeted us at, at, at Fantasy Live and asked that they should start. They're going to start DJ Moore over Keenan Allen. And I'm See, like, let's If you make dumb decisions relax. like that, then you deserve your let's fate. Relax. You deserve your fate. So, like, we're cool now, right? Like, this is done. The Julio thing's Look, done. Keenan Allen's got 60 or more yards in seven of eight games. Julio leads the league in, in receiving yards per game over Adam Thielen, over Michael Thomas. I mean, come on. These guys are yardage monsters. You'll The, the TDs, at least in Julio's case, will come. But for Keenan, I'm a little bit concerned because his end zone and red zone targets are down this Yeah, yeah. because the, the Williams boys are the ones getting all the touchdowns. Well, not, not only that, Melvin Gordon's been more involved as a Yes, no doubt. That's been, I mean, yep. Melvin Gordon's just been a home run every single week. He's been yeah. This year. I mean, he's been not as good as Todd Gurley, but he's been close. Yeah, he's, he's been, been close. Well, but you, and you talk about, I mean, you talked about A.J. Green being a chain mover for the Bengals. I mean, Keenan Allen is a chain mover for the for the Chargers. Like, when they need a completion, when they've got to pick up a first down, generally they're looking toward number 13. So I think as long as he still has that trust from Phillip Rivers and they still want to go to him in big spots, that's that's really what you want. You want, you want him to be the guy that is the trusted option in the passing game. And Keenan Allen is still the trusted yeah, option. And I mean, the schedule, I mean, you got the Raiders coming up this week. You got Denver, and, and, you know, they're not Denver anymore in terms of, you know, being being so tough against wide receivers. You know, Pittsburgh, you got Cincinnati, you've got Kansas City. There's a lot of good matchups for Keenan Allen to eat. So 200 yards for Keenan Allen this week against Oakland? Oh, man, all of the yards. <laughs> I'll take it. All of the yards I need for it. Keenan Allen. Because I got him in the same league. I got A.J. Green. 
Oh, that means this is also this is also time for me to pull out the old Keenan Allen photo of him uh, wearing a Raiders hat right after he got uh, drafted, and uh, the one that drove Charger fans insane. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, this is uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, yeah, right after he got drafted, I think he, I don't know if he tweeted it or that. Instagram or whatever. It's a picture of him wearing a Raiders hat, like drinking out of a straw from a like a fast food cup or something. Uh, it ended up on the internet, and Charger fans, understandably, were none too thrilled about that whole thing. Uh, all right, number three. Should we worry about Mark Ingram now? Like he had the first he, his his first game back was really nice. He scored two touchdowns. He had everybody freaking out about the uh, trying to trade Alvin Kamara at that point. Uh, since then, not a whole lot to speak no. of. He was decent against the Vikings a couple weeks ago, but wasn't really a part of the game plan against the Rams on Sunday. I mean, am I am I premature in panicking, or is there something going on right now? I'm a little panicked. I don't know about you, Graham. I'm a little panicked because I mean, Kamara and Heck, the situation worked out so well for everyone last season. Ingram was getting his touches. Kamara was getting his touches. They were both producing fantasy points. And really, outside of that one game where you could kind of see that Sean Payton decided he was going to rest Kamara and give Ingram some burn because he had missed the four games due to the suspension. But since then, Kamara has clearly been the better back, clearly been the better playmaker, and we all know that. But moving forward, like when you drafted Ingram, you're thinking, man... I'm going to take him in the fifth or sixth round. I'm going to steal him. I'm going to be able to flex him or maybe use him as an RB2 for the rest of the season once he returns. But, I mean, right now, he's he's not a worthwhile flex starter at this point. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, since he came back, Alvin Kamara has 16 red zone touches to Ingram's seven. Ingram doesn't have a red zone target yet on the year. That's, where the, problem. Concern, that's where the concern comes that's in. A problem. We, we want Ingram for the touchdown. Right. Mm-hmm. He's been on the field his normal amount. He's played 45, 50 mm-hmm. percent of team snaps. That's completely normal for what we saw last year. But the problem comes down to Kamara's increased red zone usage, whereas Ingram was the red zone back last year. Kamara is now that this year. And it makes sense because Kamara is, I think, the more dynamic, shiftier back. And when they're not using Taysom Hill... Every time they bring in Taysom Hill for a goal line pass, that's actually I, another. I, that's another thing too. I Taysom get Hill sick. Has, Taysom Hill has six red zone carries. I know. Let's get him out of there. That's wild. Now that's that's huge though for Ingram. That's absolutely huge. Uh, yeah, Taysom Hill has become a Swiss Army knife. It's funny too because you know I got people like popping in my mentions asking about uh, Cordero Patterson and his eligibility at red running back. Why don't you guys ask me about Taysom Hill and his eligibility at receiver or running back? Just general flex at some point. I think that's that's the bigger question you guys should be asking uh number four how do we feel about jordan howard right now i mean like i feel like he's doing just enough to keep people from like rioting about him in his production like he'll score a touchdown right or he last you know yesterday he had two touchdowns but yardage wise it's not been great mm-hmm. uh you know i think i think some people are holding out hope i know i'm still kind of holding out hope that maybe when the weather gets bad in chicago they'll start running the ball and using him more mm-hmm. but i keep saying he's doing he's doing just enough that you got to think about him every week, but like not enough that you're like, yep, he's for sure in my life. Here, here's why you need to go out and get him now. Two of his next three games are against the Lions, and they couldn't stop Graham from rushing for 125 yards in the touchdown. And I've Graham's in great shape. Graham. He's in good <laughs> shape. The guy could run, and he could cut on a dime, too. I'll tell you right now. But we, we've talked about it on, on TV with Maurice Jones-Drew. When things get cold in Chicago, they're going to start leaning on Jordan Howard and the running game a little bit more. They're going to become that bruising offense. And, you know, I I 100% agree with him. You know, we saw Tariq Cohen yesterday put up a stinker for us. Howard was the better back. And I think Cohen is still clearly going to have a big role in this offense. And I don't know that he's going to be putting up 20 every game. But I think Jordan Howard's certainly trending upward. 
And when you look at the matchups, when you've got a Detroit coming up in two of your next three games, and you've got a Giants defense that no longer has Snacks Harrison there in the middle, they're, they're a mess at this point. And then you've got San Francisco in week 16. Things could end up, they, they could end up fitting very well for Jordan Howard to help a lot of fantasy owners make a championship run. A lot of this comes down to game script. Over the last two weeks, I mean, they played the Jets and the Bills, completely smashed the Bills, obviously, in week nine. Played pretty well against the Jets. Cohen only had six touches in that game. And I went back and looked this year. When the Bears have been ahead on the scoreboard, Jordan Howard has handled 64% of the Bears' RB opportunities. That's attempts plus targets. And when Chicago trails, Tariq Cohen leads the team in targets. So when we can kind of predict the game script, like when Chicago plays Buffalo, for example, we know they're <laughs> going to smash. Tariq Cohen's probably no longer on the flex radar. And by the way, if you guys want to get all this info, make sure you're following Graham at Graham Barfield. Yeah. You know, the thing about yesterday, and yeah, I think we could look at it and see that uh, the, the game script was probably going to go sideways. I don't think we expected it to go badly as quickly as it did. Really? With Nathan Peterman? <laughs> all right. All right. Maybe not. I here's mean, what I want to Marcus. know. How in the hell is Nathan Peterman, and he was competing for the starting job in camp. How is he competing for a starting job in the National Football League while Nick Mullins is third on the depth chart? That's Kyle Shanahan. Because some teams are better at quarterback oh, evaluations than Shanahan. others. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unreal. But yeah, Peter, I mean, boy, the Jets are available in a lot of leagues. Pick them up this week. That's like, I mean, it's like the one guarantee in fantasy football this season. Well, there's two. Slot receivers against the Buccaneers and defenses against the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I mean, somebody was asking me on Twitter, like, have we ever seen an offense that is so good for fantasy defenses as this year's Buffalo Bills? And I'm sure we, I'm sure if you, we, I'm sure we back have through, you could probably find one. Not, not in the last couple of years. I mean, we always targeted the Browns, but even the Browns were not never this bad in mm. terms of their sacks, their turnovers. I mean, the Bills are just completely inept. I mean, the the one team that I I thought about. And I don't even know if they were that bad was, um, geez, what was it? The year, uh, I guess the 2012 Cardinals when, uh, they went through. Oh my God. Like Max Hall, right? John Skelton, Kevin Cobb, Ryan Lindley, Brian Hoyer all played quarterback. Um, but even then, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at like the Rod Stevens howling was their leading rush (laughs) with 356 yards. Um, you know, I mean like, Larry Larry Fitz still actually almost put up 800 receiving yards that year. Even with people forget that, that like Fitzgerald had like a couple of seasons there where he wasn't that good statistically. Yeah, I mean, and then he sort of resurrected because he had some awful yes, quarterbacks, quarterbacks were brutal. Dude. Um, so I don't know. Like I, I guess I'd have to go back and look, but I, that was the first team that came to mind was that that Cardinals team because they just went through a whole bunch of real. Isn't Lindley now like the running back? He's coach the running backs coach for the, for Browns. the Browns. Yeah, it all comes full circle. It all they, comes back around. <laughs> Time is a flat circle. Uh, number five, are we back to hashtag never jets? I mean, like early in the year, we thought, okay, look, Quincy Noon was there. You know, uh, the, the running backs, maybe. I'm playing their defense this um, week. I'm playing their defense. Okay, so maybe that's it. Like, because offensively, there's there's nothing there at this point. They, right? They've become, kind, I mean, not I mean, as bad as the Bills, but you start your defenses against Sam Darnold. Because like, like Elijah McGuire. I'm somewhat like, interested in McGuire just a little bit because they mm-hmm. need a pass catching running back. I mean, yep. came back and played 55% of the Jets team snaps and had 63. He had more snaps than, than Crow. Yeah, then, yeah, exactly. And Crowell's kind of always been zero in the passing game so if there's one guy that i'd feel okay with i guess it's mcguire it's like that speculative ad see what happens because the jets are going nowhere so maybe uh darnold needs some weapons this offseason well 
<laughs> maybe Le'Veon Bell <laughs> in the future. We'll see. Yeah, they got to go out and try to find some receivers. Um, I mean, they are. Hmm. I'm just I'm kind of spitballing here, and this has nothing to do with fantasy. But I'm just like my immediate thought was, with the Jets here, they're three and six. They're going to be possibly maybe a top ten pick, possibly maybe Nikhil Harry, the kid from Arizona State, who is just a beast. Uh, maybe he ends up there. Hmm. Who knows? Anyway, I'm just I'm just thinking out loud. Uh, number six is OJ Howard an elite fantasy tight end now? I mean, I don't know about elite. Like, I mean, look, for, it, doesn't uh, much, it doesn't take much to be an elite fantasy tight end. I was just about for to me, say it's that. like I mean, Kelsey and Ertz are the two guys, and I don't even put Gronkowski in that category this season. I'm sorry. He, I mean, he, he's been banged up, and when he's been healthy, you could be talking about Gronkowski as being one of the biggest disappointments in fantasy football this season. But is OJ Howard a must start outside of those two guys? I mean, yeah. I mean, the the top of the tight end position has kind of been redefined right outside of Kelsey and outside of Ertz. Now you're looking at OJ Howard. You're looking at George Kittle, who's been really, really good this season. Um, and I, I refuse to put Jared Cook in this conversation. I refuse to do it because he drives me nuts. <laughs> I, I refuse. I'm not going to say he's it. elite. Okay. But he is right now. He's one of the best fantasy I mean, tight David ends. David Njoku is a good young tight end. Worth. We're getting Jack Doyle back finally, who looked really good in the week before uh, Indianapolis is bye week. So we're sort of seeing a little bit of a reconstruction at the end. Greg Olson looks like the old Greg Olson over the last couple of weeks too. Amazing what he's done too, considering his uh, his foot problems. But OJ Howard is now a guy that you're starting every single week, no question about it. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's where we are. And look, I, I shouldn't say it like that because OJ Howard has actually played really well. He's been this good, year. man. He's played really well this yeah. year. He's uh, he's certainly made Cameron Brait expendable. Um, you remember once upon a time Cameron Brait was like a thing, and he's he was no like, longer yeah, a thing. The touchdown dude. Yeah, I just pulled it up. The, the top four tight ends in PFF's yards gained per root run is Kittle, Kelsey, Howard, and Ertz. Wow. Those are four. Those are four. Those are your, those are your new elite tight ends. And you also have really to consider, too. What it is, though. Yeah, and, and it's the perfect storm in Tampa Bay, and we've said this before. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a great quarterback. He plays on a team with a lot of weapons and a defense that is awful. And game script really helped him last week against the, the Carolina Panthers. I mean, he had to throw the ball a ton they weren't coming back. They closed to within a touchdown at one point. But O.J. Howard is a playmaker, and we saw him score two touchdowns yesterday. They're utilizing him in the red zone. And at what is a thin position, this guy's got five touchdowns this season. Pretty good. And that that alone makes you probably a top-tier tight end right mm-hmm. now. Uh, all right, number seven. So last week I, I was on this show, and I asked the question, like, is Jordan Reed droppable? And, and Fabs, you were kind of like, I don't know. I think I'm, you know, I'm afraid somebody will pick him up. And, well, da, da, da. and so, like, this week he comes out against Atlanta, and he does diddly-poo. You know what I did, though? I had I had Reed. Uh, I still have him in in one league, but I had three shares of him. I cut him in two leagues to pick up Jack Doyle because I was okay at the position. I had George Kittle, mm-hmm. but yeah, man. I mean, like if Doyle's out there on the we, waiver we, wire we can, somewhere, we can grab Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed needs to be. And it's funny too because one of my buddies in the league was like, "Hey, man, guess what? Some idiot dropped Jordan Reed in our league, and I picked him up, and I'm starting this week." I said, I'm the one who dropped him. Joke's on you. And then yesterday, after the Redskins gave you a stinker and Jordan Reed did nothing, I texted him and I was like, how'd that Jordan Reed pickup go for you? And he, you know, threw a couple of four-letter words at me. <laughs> uh, they, they play the Falcons, Washington, or excuse me. Uh, Washington, Washington has t- Tampa Bay next. I don't care. <laughs> Tampa Bay has just allowed six for 76 and one to Greg Olson. But I they mean, played the Bengals the week before. They, got, they gave up Njoku at 52 <laughs> yards and a score. And on top of it, we now get word that Paul Richardson's done for the year. 
This, that's one less if, target. If in the Jordan offense. Reed fails, See, against I, the, if he fails against the Bucks, then then it's all. I but, guess. But I mean, like, pick up a streamer. But then again, like you're. But he's to, had good matchups this season, and he hasn't been able to exploit them. That's because Alex. Smith that's but and now and now you have no offensive line, none. You're going to have three turnstiles in front of you. Alex Smith is going to get destroyed. And actually, if you think about it, and, and I get it, like I'm, you know, starting to write stardom and sit him. And the two quarterbacks with really good matchups who I'd sit this week, we talked about one, Andy Dalton. He's got A.J. Green out, and Graham gave a great stat there about uh, how many touchdowns he averages per game in his career without A.J. Green. And then Alex Smith, like the guy hasn't scored more than 18 points in a game all season long. He's not the same quarterback he was last season. Totally different system, totally different talent around him, major downgrades in terms of both. And he's got his offensive line is a mess right now. And so... Even though the matchup is great, I mean, you don't get a better matchup than playing the Tampa Bay Yuccaneers. You just don't. I had to go back to my Chris Berman Yuccaneers. But I can't start any of these guys with any kind of confidence whatsoever. I can't. I'll go with Reed for one more week. And if he fails against the Bucks, then it's over. I, that, I, I hear you. That might be the thing that's, I hear that's keeping me hanging on is that Tampa Bay is next on the schedule. But... Man, it's hard. <laughs> it's really hard. Guys, they gave up four catches and 57 yards to something called Josh Perkins back in week four. <laughs> <laughs> here, I mean, like, you know, like Carolina's been bad against tight ends this year, and Reed didn't do anything against them. You know, he's, he's had he's had one decent well, it's, game. It's, like, two, it's twofold. Alex Smith has not gotten vertical at all. And Jay at Gruden, all. Jay Gruden refuses to go back to scheming targets to Reed, even though, I mean, they Clearly have nothing. And what and what receiver scares you on that roster right now? Well, I mean, Maurice Harris. <laughs> that's a guy I'm going to be starting this week. Oh, oh, I am. I mean, you know, sometimes you need to do things that you wouldn't otherwise do in the bye week. So I'm I'm picking him up and I'm going to play him. I mean, so would you rather have would you rather have the old Jordan Reed who will give you these blow up weeks, but you're always worried whether or not he's going to stay healthy, or this new Jordan Reed who you know is going to be there every single week, but might only get yeah. you like thirty five? You know what's yards ironic? The entire Redskins team is on injured reserve right now. They Everybody do. They, they just lost Lyle Val. They just lost Brandon Scherf. Chris, Chris Thompson out can't, weeks. can't get on the field. And Jordan Reed is the only dude that's healthy. He's the one that's healthy. It's, just, it's, it's great. It's, it's wild. Great. You know what we should do? And, you know, you're the stats guy here. Maybe we should look up actually like how many routes he's running every game, how many times, uh, how many snaps he's playing every week. Maybe they've sort of downsized in terms of what he's doing on the football field, and that's keeping him healthy. But it's also basically neutered his statistics upside. Yeah, they have cut back on his snaps this year. Gruden has done a better job, I think, at managing his mm-hmm. snaps, but still, even then, like, yeah, it's not been, it's been, ball. exactly, it's been a little bit of surprise to not see the target scheme to him, at least in a vertical, like, there's been no vertical element to Reed's game, and that's always been mm-hmm. what Jordan Reed's great at, is stretching the field out yep. of the interior. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right, number eight. All right, so what do we do with Kenyon Drake now? Like, hey, I told everybody to I told ball. everybody to sell high on him. Everybody. I've been saying it for weeks and now you're going to be stuck. Hey, with but him. it's like it's not even it's not even that he's performing badly. It's that like he didn't get the chance. to. What was it? What was it? Gore 21 to nine. Something like that. I mean, it was ridiculous. It's like it's it, it's it's again, it'd be one thing if, if they were giving him all these touches and he just wasn't doing anything with mm-hmm. it. They're not even giving him the ball. And there's no rhyme or reason as to when he gets it versus when he doesn't. Like, there's no – it's not like – it's not like, you know, in, in New Orleans you look and you're like, hey, Alvin Kamara is the lead guy and then, you know, Mark Ingram has this role. Or, you know, we know Melvin Gordon's going to get X number of touches for the Chargers and then Austin Eckler comes in and does – like, there's just no rhyme or reason to when it's a Kenyon Drake day or when it's a Frank Gore day. 
it is insane. It is driving me berserk. And, la- you know, I figured yesterday, I mean, it wasn't a great matchup against the Jets, but it was good enough that if he got some some touches, that Kenyon Drake could actually give you a decent number. But I can't figure it out. There's no rhyme or reason. Yes, he, he has six or fewer carries in five of his last seven games. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. And you look at the numbers, I mean, in, in his games previous, he was starting to put up some numbers. And that's where I was sell high, sell high, and these big red bright lights, sell high, sell high. Because not only did I know that Frank Gore is not going to go away, it's just not going to happen. And we saw that, and again, I think it was 21-9 to the touches in that game, which to me is ridiculous, but I'm not the coach. You also have to look ahead at the schedule, and his playoff schedule is not favorable. So I'd still be trying to trade him. That's just uh, that. That's been my that's he, been my point of view for weeks I now. I think we can hang on in PPR because he has you know four more touches sure. in four of his last five games. I mean he's uh, okay. He's basically what sixty percent of James White in terms of his receiving opportunity, but that's still not going to get it done in terms of your weekly like a weekly flex or RB two starter. Yeah, just oh man, it's an absolute mess. All right, question number nine: Is Dalvin Cook officially back? I mean, he had one really big run that you know con- yeah, that constituted most of his production yesterday. But he looked great. Uh, are they going to work him back in? Is it back to his being his job, or are we going to get some kind of gross timeshare between him and Latavius? Well, I mean, Graham could probably share the next gen stat with us on that run that he had yesterday. Pretty good for a dude who had been dealing with a hamstring, and so now you you sort of maybe knock the rust off a little bit. You get another week to rest, and then I would esp- expect. And I know Marcus Grant loves this because he's got Dalvin Cook because he traded uh, he traded him with me. We had a very good trade. Uh, and I have Dalvin in one of my leagues, too, and I'm waiting. I really think if you look at the schedule and you look at what he did yesterday, that he's going to end up being the featured back for the Vikings down the stretch and help a lot of fantasy owners get to their playoffs. Uh, personally, I was a little bit surprised the Vikings pushed him to come back this week. I mean, obviously, I, they're buying week 10. 100% Oak's agree. hamstring has been bulky. He at first said it was cramps, then clearly it wasn't cramps. He tried to play through it and then missed nearly, what, five, six weeks. But yeah, you mentioned, I mean, Cook looked awesome on that run. His Actually, his top speed on that run was 22.1 miles per hour. That yeah. was the fastest time a, any ball carrier has had all year per next year. What do you think what do you think your your high end speed is? What do you think? I honestly <laughs> I would have let's to get, let's get maybe, Graham on the next 15, gen stats. Come on. Fifteen or sixteen. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Not even close to he looked <laughs> he looked good, man. He looked like Dalvin Cook. I mean when he's heck. been on the field, Cook has been awesome, and he's been a yeah, top dude, right. running back. The problem is he hadn't been able to stay out of the trainer's room, but hopefully he can do that down the stretch because he's going to help a lot of fantasy fans. You know, and we're probably going to end up be talking about Leonard Fournette at some point this week too. I hope the same scenario holds true for him because I have some shares of him. So I don't even really want to talk about Leonard Fournette until he is actually back. I know, I know. Like I'm tired of this. Like maybe he will, maybe he won't. Like whatever. This is the story of Leonard Fournette's football life. Did you throw your phone this morning when you saw Leonard Fournette uh, return to individual drills this morning? No. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No. Uh, but yeah, whatever, man. Like I, I mean, I wish him the Sick. best. I hope he gets healthy and comes back and plays. But that doesn't mean I gotta. You know, waste a whole lot of brain energy on him right now. So he was actually dropped in one of my leagues, and I grabbed him that, up. I'm that just, seems a little. It was uh, it was odd. Yeah, it's a charity league that I'm in, and I was uh, lucky enough to to grab. So him, what so. the charity is giving you Leonard Fournette for nothing? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I mean that that's well done. Yeah, I mean I'll take it. <laughs> 
Uh, all right. Those are our nine questions for week nine. I don't think I'm going to come up with 10 questions for week 10 because, man, this was it's a lot. Dude. This was hell just coming up yeah. with these. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway, you know, guys are terrible at taking care of their health, whether it's a knee injury, bad back or something worse. Guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing the doctor. I mean, sort of like the time I think I tweaked my Achilles and I just sat there with ice on it for like weeks and I limped around. But I'm like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Anyway, same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70 percent of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, awkward face-to-face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything online. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com live, fill out a brief medical onboarding, chat with a doctor, and get FDA-approved ED meds delivered to your door in discreet, unmarked, unmarked packaging. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that most guys don't tackle, but with Roman, it's easy to take care of. For a free online visit go to getroman.com slash live that's getroman.com slash live for a free online visit getroman.com slash live all right waiver wire time it is a hefty list of guys yeah i added a bunch of dudes on here um to your initial list Mm -hmm. and i think some of them like I mean, in competitive leagues, they're not going to be out there. So we could name a few. Duke Johnson, maybe somebody got frustrated and he cut him. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is now clearly the number two wide receiver in Green Bay. He's potentially out there. Jack Doyle, because the Colts had a bye, maybe he was left on the waiver wire. Pick him up. Ryan Fitzpatrick was dropped after Jameis Winston reclaimed the starting job. Now that Fitzpatrick has reclaimed the reclaim, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever the case may be, he's going to start for at least another week. Um, other guys who may be out there on the waiver wire in some smaller leagues, Tyrell Williams has scored a touchdown in three straight games. Um, Traquan Smith, love the talent there in, in an offense, of course, that's going to be one of the best in the National Football League. And then we get into some players that are certainly going to be available. And the first name that I want to mention to you guys is the third-string quarterback, that looked like Brett Favre, who's got a Monday night matchup against the New York Giants. Is Nick Mullins worth picking up? No. No. <laughs> well, there you go. No. Hey, I mean, Eddie, I mean, the kid looked great, and these guys just poo-pooed him in two seconds. I mean, it's the Raiders. It's the Raiders. But it's the Giants. <laughs> it's, I mean, but the, the Giants' defense, one, it's, is, it's better than the Raiders. It's not that and bad. And two, they care. Like, I'm not sure that yeah. the Raiders' defense cares a whole lot. At least okay. the Giants care. Hey, I'm not saying I, I disagree. I'm just saying, wow, that was a very swift kick in the no, pills mean, for Mr. Mullins' value. Nah, I mean, the, the Raiders are just total full-on tank right now. I mean, they just cut Bruce Irvin, too. <laughs> like, every you, down for them this like, year. What are you guys doing, man? I mean, I, I don't know. Um, Cowboys are signing. You know, plus, you know, the Giants will also have some time to actually, you know, look at Nick Mullins' tape to kind of try to figure out something to do to, to slow him if, down. If we've learned anything, it's that Kyle Shanahan deserves all the money. I mean, C.J. Oh, yeah. Beathard's been more than competent in his starts. Nick Mullins, I mean, looked awesome. Looked like a Hall of Famer in one granted, start. Granted, he was playing against air. The Raiders <laughs> basically It air was like a seven-on-seven. Seven. Yeah, but... Anyway, and uh, what about um, we talked about Elijah McGuire? I mean, John Ross, I don't know what the health status of him is. Obviously, if he's available and he's going to play this week, the matchup is there. So he's someone you could potentially target. I mean, I have Josh Malone on the list. Dante Moncrief is someone that made my list for one reason. <laughs> 
Michigan. He's playing the Colts this week, and uh, I believe he leads the Jaguars wide receivers in targets this season. You mentioned John Ross, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, I feel like the idea of John Ross is better than actual John Ross. No, I agree. It's like, I think people are still in love with the idea of John Ross. But the opportunities are going to be there. I wrote wrote in Waiver Wire this week that Ross is an upside stash for seemingly the 116th time in his career. (laughs) I mean, truth. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I like John Ross's upside, but he, the dude just like even day this, by the way, this isn't just the NFL and I hate the term injury prone, but like he was hurt. A ton. He was hurt a lot of yep. Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just, he just, he won. put it all together for that one year where he used the deep threat. He played well in the red zone. And just since then, and since that year, and, in then he, and, he, and he put it together for those 4.2 seconds or whatever it was that he ran at the combine. And, uh, even then he got hurt. He got hurt there too. So, True. Uh, yeah. John Ross. And then we also have some deeper ads. Uh, Josh Adams, speculative ad. Eagles backfield's kind of a mess. But I, I mentioned Maurice Harris quickly. Now, if if Jamison Crowder is out again, and it goes back to the narrative Marcus Graham of the Bucks can't stop slot receivers, Harris, big game this past week. Alex Smith clearly has a little bit of an eye for him. So Maurice Harris, you know, as, as as crazy as it might sound, I mean, the Redskins got nothing and they got nothing. At least the matchup is good. Maybe game script is going to be in his favor as well, where they've got to throw the football. But we also know that the Bucks can't stop guys out of the slot. So if Harris is going to continue to, to run most of his routes out of the slot, Jameson Crowder can't play again. Then I mean, like, you know, four teams on a bye. You're looking for a guy on the waiver wire in a competitive league. I think Harris is worth a look. You're yeah. trying to convince me or you? No, me. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. the world, the all, world. All those things, in theory, seem seem really, really great, right? But the part of where teams are beating the Bucks is they are beating them downfield, like 10, 10, 20 yards down the field. Alex Smith just isn't that guy. I mean, he just he just is not going to take those chances. He's not going to make those plays. So now, all of a sudden, and I think this is part of going back to Jordan Reed and part of his issues is that. Now you're really counting on these guys to be huge yards after catch guy. And I don't know that any of their receivers are really, you know, Josh Doxson, Paul Richardson, when he was healthy, none of those guys are big yards after. Like, they should have made a trade for Golden Tate. Golden Tate would have been perfect for Alex Smith, right? You catch a little five-yard slant or whatever, and then you turn it into yards after the catch. He would have been great for this offense. I just don't know that they have any of those guys in this offense right now. So, uh, and then the matchup is fantastic. Just mm-hmm. I can't believe they. One can. last add too. We mentioned it. Jets defense. And to be honest with you, I mean Bills defense too ain't that bad against Darnold. That game is going to be so awful. It's going to be like six three. Oh my goodness, that game's going to just be just so repeat awful. repeat the Dolphins Jets game of thirteen six this week. And just, that's what we'll get. Yeah. Bills, yep. Bills Jets. Hey, man, if, you, if you've got a ticket for that game this week, Darnold Peterman at the Meadowlands. Have fun with that one. That that game falls into the category of because the schedule maker said so. Mm-hmm. Like that's, oh, well, that's a that's a downer. <laughs> um, all right, so those are the waiver wire guys. Of course, Graham uh, writes the waiver wire column. He has the deep dive. He has players to drop. He's got streamers for you. The What I, what I like to call the suite of waiver wire uh, articles for us uh, on NFL.com. So check those out during the week. Uh, before we go, it is time for Monday morning where you guys get to kind of vent a little bit and talk about all the things that went sideways. I actually started off with the fact that I, I started Jordan Reed in the leagues. I thought maybe this was going to be the week and it wasn't. So I'm, I'm salty. But uh, Eddie, I assume you've got some tweets for people who are who are equally salty. Yeah, of course. Uh, thanks to everyone who tweeted uh, at Marcus uh, with the Monday morning tweets. Uh, first, I'm going to start off with started Mark Ingram. Silly me thought he'd at least get 40% split. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I said on, on Fantasy Live last week that I thought game script could go against him. I figured because it would be close that the uh, the Saints would stay up-tempo, and that would mean a lot more Alvin Kamara. Um, and that's kind of, I think, what happened a little bit. Uh, next one up is started Joe Flacco in the John Brown stack. Hashtag Monday hey, yeah. yeah, Flacco, man. Uh, that's one of the uh, Fabs five quarterbacks you just can't trust this season. Flacco's, his numbers lately have been very bad. Yeah. And even at home, I mean, he had 20 against Pittsburgh earlier this season on the road. And then he goes home and uh, stinker. I've had to back off my Flaconissance. Like, I really thought this was going to be the bounce back year yeah. for Flacco. That's that's just not happening. Yeah. Nope. So. Started Lamar Miller over Jordan Howard, lost by less oh, than two points. Yeah, I mean, I could see I the uh, decision. I can, I can see the process. Mm-hmm. I can understand it. It just didn't work out. Yep. Uh, Raiders defense hashtag Monday morning. Yeah, everyone can come after me for that one because <laughs> I posted, I posted a tweet and said third string quarterback against the Raiders. I mean, if you're hurting, like, so here's what's funny. So ten leagues, I started him in two leagues. One league, it didn't cost me uh, at all. The other league, the the team that I had replaced them with was the Redskins, and they had nothing. <laughs> so I went from zero to negative one. But, hey, I eat it, man. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose. That one was a loss. My big, my big issue there, Eddie, was that I thought that the Raiders were an NFL team, and they're <laughs> not. No. And they're not. I, and then they don't give a rat's patootie, and they've quit on their coach. My bad. They're My playing bad. for the number one I, pick. I My bad. It's more so Gruden has quit on them. Yeah, I think that's probably, that, that's <laughs> no. probably a better description. That's true. Uh, we can end with this one. I think this might be my favorite hashtag Monday Motor of all time from at Can of Worms. Uh, won my matchup by a ton, but my opponent was my wife. She's kind of pissed. Hashtag Monday Motor. Uh, yeah, man. Life's full of trade-offs. <laughs> you know, you just got to you got to pick your battles. And so uh, I wish you the best of luck for the uh, the upcoming week and see how that works out for you. But hey, you got to win. So, you know, that part. oh man Uh, that'll do it for us man appreciate you as always tuning in and listening tuning in like it's a radio show but whatever downloading and listening please just keep downloading it Uh, if you could go and subscribe and rate and review on iTunes too I mean we don't ask you to do that enough but if you could that would be great because that certainly helps us out a lot Uh, yeah and uh, we'll be back with you again later on in the week always remember squares and triangles agree that circles are pointless see you on Thursday You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap, fresh, green, Irish, 
Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrict. Supply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.